0: What's up, young adults? How are y'all tonight? It's great worshiping with you guys. That was a powerful worship time. Tonight, you've joined us for week three of our series called Mountain Time. And we've been looking at three different prayers from the Bible, from people in the Bible, uh, powerful prayers. Mike uh, taught week one, and we looked at a prayer of Job, and he challenged us to pray prayers of submission. Last week, I looked at a prayer of David from Psalm 23. And I challenge you to, to pray like a romantic, to pray poetic and descriptive prayers, uh, fresh prayers. And tonight, uh, we're going to look at a woman that Jesus had an encounter with, a Canaanite woman. She was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. And uh, she, uh, she was uh, not like uh, everybody else that Jesus was teaching. Jesus was teaching Jews, and Jesus really came to give the good news and he really came to die for everybody but he wanted to start with the Jews. His disciples were Jews and he wanted to to disciple them and raise them up to be leaders who would take the gospel all over the world. So he wanted to reach Gentiles but not first. He wanted to reach the Jews first but this woman is a Gentile so she didn't have any kind of covenant with God but she makes an impression on Jesus. And so I want to read her story because she has a powerful prayer that we can all learn from. And so the story is in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22. And it says, And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So there's a lot going on in this verse. First of all, why does Jesus basically call this woman a dog? And and it seems like he's insulting her. Uh, It seems like, I mean, there's a lot going on, but we're going to just kind of unpack this. But one thing we see is that Jesus was surprised by this woman like he was taken aback and it just happens a few times in the bible where god is surprised when somebody makes an impression on him and uh anytime that happens we need to pay close attention because we want god to react that way towards us we want to do something we want to believe something and act in such a way where god goes whoa whoa can you believe that did you see what ryan did did you see what hunter said Did you see what Mitch is thinking right now? God can be impressed with us. He can can be surprised with us. And if if this whole scenario would have happened today, and just imagine if it happened in a modern time, and this was like going on on Twitter. This was like a Twitter conversation. And Jesus tweeted at this woman, uh, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she tweets him back, It says, "Yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from their master's table." That Jesus might tweet her back something like this. Okay, he would be like, "Everybody knows, everybody knows this reaction. You guys have seen this. It's a gif. It's a gif. Call it whatever you want, but we've seen this so many times, and it's like there's this surprise. Like, what did you just say? I can't believe you said that. Hold on, let me get my bearings. But this uh, this woman surprises Jesus and." Uh, something about this conversation made his ears perk up. And so we've really got to pay attention to it. Okay, the first thing that we need to know, uh, like I said, this woman is a Gentile. Uh, She had no right to the children's bread, so to speak. Even she acknowledged that. But she called him son of David. So she knew who he was. When she calls him son of David, she's saying, I know who you are. You're the son of God. And I'm coming to you. You're the son of God. And so... This is my prayer to you. I need you to heal my daughter. So <clears throat> uh, Jesus said she had great faith, and she didn't uh, have great faith in her own faith. She didn't have great faith like, uh, in herself. She had great faith in God, and that caught Jesus, att- Jesus' attention. Sometimes we wonder, how much faith do I have? Like, Do I have enough faith? Jesus said she has great faith. He might say to Peter, oh, you of little faith, do I have little faith, do I have great faith, do I have no faith, how much faith do I have? Here's the thing, we don't need to have faith in our faith, we need to have faith in God. All these people, they, had, they, didn't, they didn't walk in the room like, oh I got so much faith, I got so much faith, my faith is gonna get the job done. No, they walked in the room saying there he is, son of David, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the son of God who takes away the sin of the world, There he is, and I have faith in him. And so if we want great faith, then we just have to have great faith in him. It's really not all that complicated, okay? But she knew who she was praying to. So we have to know that. We have to know our identity in Christ. We have to know who we are in Christ, and we have to know who he is. And if we don't believe that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, then our prayers are not going to be very strong. The next thing that we learn about this woman is how she responded to being tested. Jesus was testing her. He wasn't being cruel. Kind of sounds cruel, but he's not being cruel. He's just testing her. And Jesus tests us, but he's not a child abuser. He He is not cruel to you, he has not been cruel to you, and he won't be cruel to you. And I know that things have happened in our lives and there's been painful experiences, But he's not a child abuser, and he has not and will not be cruel to you, but he will test us, like he tested Abraham, like he tested this woman. And so he basically kind of just says no at first. That's his first answer. He says no, but it's like when you're a kid, you know, and you ask your parents for something, and they say no, most of the time, you're not done asking. You don't take no for an answer. Because you know who you are. You're their child. You know that you could keep working on them. If you you could probably wear them down, right? I know that's my kids' strategy. They want to wear me down until I'm like, ah, just fine, you know, get away. Um but uh she she responds by passing the test. Okay. So she says, um, well he says, you know, I I I can't help you. uh, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's talking about the Israelites, talking about the Jews. He's saying, "I came, I came to teach them. I came to, to, to do some things for them, some miracles for them." And uh, the disciples are like, "Yeah, you know, Jesus, can we get rid of her? Can we just get her out of here?" And uh, he says, "Yeah, it's it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." This is—he's speaking in parable form, and Jesus often did this. And the way that he spoke, it's a—it's an illustrative way to speak. People get what he's saying, and so he's speaking in parable form, but what's awesome is that she responds in parable form. She is speaking his language, and the language that Jesus speaks is faith. She had faith, and so she says, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs that come from their master's table. It's just a very humbling thing to say, because she acknowledges that she really doesn't have any right to this, but I know that I can get some crumbs, and all I need is some crumbs from you, crumbs from you will be enough, and so he's like, whoa, are you kidding me, he's, he's surprised, I mean, I don't know if Jesus had hair on the back of his neck like we do, but I think if he did, that it probably stood up in this moment, and he was like, whoa, it, it got his attention, so, uh, but she, she passes the test, she, she perseveres. She passes the test. What tests are you facing right now? Like, How many of you, you want to go to another level in your prayer life this year, 2018? How many of you are just like, I don't really need to grow in my prayer life. I'm just good. I'm good. Anybody? Okay. All right. so we all want to go to another level, but we face these tests. We face a tests of distraction. How many of you, how many of you I mean, well, I do this all the time. We sit down to pray. And like, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get into the presence of God. There's so much that I have to pray for. And I start praying. And then my mind just starts to wander. And I start thinking about other things. And my mind could go on a rabbit trail so fast. I could go so far down that trail. And it could be 10 minutes later, like, what was I doing? I was, oh yeah, I was praying. Okay, all right, where was I? And I have to get back to it, but it it, it could be distracting. How many of you start, you sit down and you start to pray. And then you're like, better check my phone. Better check my phone. It's been like two minutes since I checked that. So many things could have changed. And so we get on and we got to scroll through. But uh, there's so many tests that we have to pass to go to another level in our prayer life, test of distraction. The test of, have you, I haven't had an answer to my prayer yet. T- the test of perseverance. The test of patience. You might all, you'll probably all be able to think of prayers that we've prayed that we don't have an answer for yet. We've, we've wanted a breakthrough of some kind and it hasn't happened yet. So have we lost heart? Just ask yourself that. Have you lost heart about that prayer? When you think about that, like it, when it comes across your mind, oh, I should really pray about that, does the next thought say, yeah, but you've prayed about that so many times? Probably really, you don't even need to mess with that anymore. You've, you've tried that. That's what we say. I've tried that, and it didn't work. This woman did not take that for an answer. How many times, this, this, this woman's daughter was possessed by a demon. This was evil. This, uh, can you imagine your daughter? Like, if you had a daughter, can you imagine how you would feel if she had gone through this? You would feel awful. You would feel like, I wish I, I were possessed by a demon so she didn't have to be. I hate that my daughter is going through this. And who knows what kind of pain that it caused her, physically, emotionally, mentally. How many times do you think that this woman prayed this prayer already? This was not her first time. But she didn't give up. And She goes to Jesus, and it happens. And he says, woman, great is your faith. Be it done as you desire. And it says her daughter was healed instantly. Breakthrough. Finally, the answer, the solution, it worked. It happened. Let me give you some attributes of this prayer because there's so much that we can learn from this woman's prayer, okay? Uh, It's short prayer. It's a very short prayer. And I spoke on this last week, Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus said, you know, uh, these people who, who pray... Uh, they, pray, they heap up these empty phrases, but they pray these long prayers because they think that they're going to be heard by their many words. So obviously, Jesus is saying, you don't have to pray many words. This woman's prayer, it was short. It was humble. She came and she said, even if I'm a dog, I can still get some crumbs. She was humble. She, uh, it was a fervent prayer, right? It was a desperate prayer. This woman was desperate. When? When? Is the last time you've been that desperate for something. As you think about it, if it was your daughter, how desperate would you be? She was desperate. And if we don't have anything desperate on our hearts, then maybe we need God to stir us up a little bit. Maybe we need to stand before people who are hurting. Maybe we need to open up our eyes and look around. Maybe we need to get outside of our box and get outside of our social circle and go to where people are hurting, then we might have some desperate prayers. Because this woman's daughter was hurting, and she was desperate for an answer. The prayer was respectful. She was very respectful. She wasn't entitled, but she was respectful. She was worshipful. This is a worshipful prayer. It's a persevering prayer. She didn't give up when he didn't even answer her a word. Then when he says, no, it's not right to throw it to the dogs, she still didn't give up. That's one. That's two. And then she just kept persisting. It was determined. She was determined to get an answer, and this prayer was full of faith. Let's be people that pray faith-filled prayers. In short, this woman, she had heart. You ever see a movie and and something happens in the movie, uh, you know, somebody doesn't really have the, uh, uh, the natural talent, the natural ability, but somebody else that does have the ability, they go over to them and they see that they have heart. You know, and usually the line is, you got heart, kid. You got heart. Like, this woman, she had heart. And that's the kind of heart that we need to have. There's so much that we can learn from her. This woman's attitude. Does it challenge you? Does this woman's attitude challenge you? You know, attitude is important to authority. And God is our ultimate authority. But how many of you know that your attitude when you were growing up, it was important to your parents? Watch your attitude. Change your attitude. You need to get a right attitude, you got a bad attitude. Right? And then, on top of attitude, it's your tone. Don't use that tone of voice with me. You better watch your tone. You better change your tone. Right? Well, it's important to authority. I'm a a dad now, so I can say that when my kids have a bad attitude, it's important to me. I don't, I don't care if they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. I care if they're doing it with the right attitude. And if they come at me with a bad tone, I sound like my mom and my dad. Say, you better watch your tone, you better change your tone. It's the same. Uh, but this woman, she had, the, she had the right attitude and that attitude changed her tone, okay? If you have an attitude of a victim, then you're going to pray victim-minded prayers. If you have an attitude um, of apathy, then you're going to pray emotionless, apathetic prayers. Right? If you have an attitude of self-mindedness, you're going to pray selfish prayers. And it's going to be all about me, me, me. And what's God doing for me? But if we can learn from this woman's prayer, we can have an attitude of faith. An attitude of faith is going to produce a certain tone. And that tone gets the attention of God. If we pray faith-filled prayers, we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see God-ordained, mountain-moving, angel-sending breakthrough. And we have an attitude and a tone of faith. What about an attitude of perseverance? Like, not the, not the attitude of, well, I tried praying for that, and I didn't really get an answer. Not that attitude, but attitude of, I'm, a, I'm like the persistent widow. See, Jesus told a story of a persistent widow. Maybe it was kind of a, a, just a parable, just a story. Maybe he was using this woman as an example. Maybe he had her in his mind when he was telling the story of the persistent widow who had an issue uh, with the court. And she went to the judge, and the judge Uh, didn't give her what she asked for he sent her away and then she came back to the judge and she said judge i need you to rule in my favor this is justice i need this and he sends her away again and she keeps coming back to the judge over and over and over she had the right attitude and finally the judge says he's, he's jesus said this is an ungodly judge he's an unjust judge you know He doesn't even care about what's right or wrong, but simply because she keeps pestering him, coming back, and she's persevering and determined. He's like, okay, whatever you want, that's what you're going to have. I give it to you. I rule in your favor. And Jesus says, how much more good is your heavenly father than this wicked judge? So perseverance and determination, it matters to God. That's the kind of attitude that God is looking for. What's your attitude towards prayer? Maybe you've been a believer for a long time. That's great. That you got you got some longevity? That's great. Maybe you've been Christian a long time? Fantastic. But what has that done for your prayer life? Maybe you go to church a lot. Good. Good for you. I go to church a lot too. It's good. I, I love being at church. But what has that done for your prayer habits? Maybe you know some scripture and you like to debate scripture and you like to debate a lot of theological arguments. Great, good for you, but how has that affected your attitude of prayer? Has it really made a difference? Because we need to change our attitude and change our tone and we need to pray desperate prayers like this woman and that's gonna change us. So I'm gonna give you a few next steps before we go into our table talk time. Just a few next steps. If you're like, man, I want, I want my prayer life to change. I want to, the way that I look at prayer. I want it to change in 2018. I want to go to another level. Let me give you a couple of next steps, things that you can do that are practical ways to walk this out. Number one, hide God's word in your heart. This is so simple, but so important. Hide God's word in your heart. If you want to pray with faith, then you've got to know what God's word says. You've got to Not just know it like a student, but you've got to know it like his child. And you've got to hide it in your heart. And I love that the Bible describes that. In fact, it's in the book of Psalms. David says, I've hidden your word in my heart. Psalm 119. It's so important uh, to not just read the word, not just know what it's about. We're not just wanting to know about God. We're wanting to know God. And so that's why we take the scriptures and we hide them. In our heart now, Romans ten seventeen it says that if, if you want faith, basically Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in short, hearing the word of God it builds our faith. If you want faith and you are believing God for some big things and you've got some big, bold, desperate prayers then you've got to get into the word so that you've got some promises that you can stand on. And it's okay to remind God of his word. It's okay to stand on those promises, but you've got to hide them in your heart and that's going to build up your faith. You want great faith? Get some great time in the word. If you've got no time in the word, no faith. A little time in the word, then you've got a little faith. If you've got great word, you've got great faith. All right, number two. Pray desperate prayers. I talked about this, all right, but, but pray for others. Uh, who is out there that has, is a desperate cause? Who is, what kind of a burden is God putting on your heart? Because we are here for a reason, not just for ourselves, but we're here for others. And God said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth because you're supposed to bring some flavor on the earth. You're supposed to not hide your light under a basket, but you're supposed to shine your light. You're supposed to be a gospel bringer. You're supposed to be a prayer warrior, and it's not just about you, but it's about others. So pray for others if you wanna pray desperate prayers. When Jesus went in the temple and he saw them changing money and selling things in the temple, he flipped the tables over. He chased those guys out with a whip, which is awesome, And he says, it is written that my house shall be a house of prayer. And so that's who we are. That's a part of our identity as believers is this house should be a house of prayer and we've got to pray desperate prayers we've got to pray for other people, okay? Like this woman, all she wanted was her daughter to be free. Who is it in your life that needs freedom? Let's start lifting those people up. Number three, stay humble. This woman was Humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And if we have an attitude of like, I think I've got it all figured out. I don't really need God. I don't really need to pray. That's not not something that I need. I'm okay. I don't have a lot of major problems right now. That's an attitude of pride. But if we're desperate for God, then we would say, God, I need you. And that is humility and God responds to humility. The last thing, persevere. Maybe you've prayed about something for a long time and you haven't seen a breakthrough or an answer in that area. Keep praying like this woman did. Don't take no for an answer. Be persistent and persevere.